how dare you say we're two separate families? And I'm like, because you are? Yeah. (laughs) Not that we don't make everybody mad enough by saying nacho kids. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, you had a genius idea. Oh, let me rephrase that. We don't want you to get too... It's too late now. Can't take it back. What's the word I'm looking for? Amazing. Arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I thought it'd be a good idea to offer our listeners an opportunity to open the podcast. He's tired of me saying, hey, David. So what I figured you could do is um, listeners could grab their phone and they could record a message to say, for example, my name is David and I'm from South Carolina and you're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast. So just say whatever information you want in the beginning and then end it with you're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast and we'll collect these and we'll start using them as the opener to the show. I think that'll be so much fun. Yeah. Especially different accents. Yeah. So you could say, um, you don't even have to say your name. You could just say, this is a stepmom in Utah, and you're listening to the Not Your Kids podcast. The Utah stepmom. Yeah. Just whatever. Whatever you want to put in there. Or this is a stepmom of 12, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're listening to the Not Your Kids podcast. So whatever. But uh, I just think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to do. So do the recording, email it to contact us at nachokids.com. Contact us at nachokids.com. There you go. So email the the audio file and we'll do the rest. If you don't know how to do an audio file from your phone, Google it. (laughs) That's right. So anyway, there you go. There's your homework. Uh, I think it'd be fun. And then you could tell all your friends how you are featured on an international podcast. (laughs) There you go. All right, David, what we got going on? Well, I was sitting outside yesterday. And I had an epiphany. Uh-oh. So as I'm outside and I'm sitting on the screened-in porch and it's very hot and very humid. Hot, y'all. <laughs> like 17 cents hot. <laughs> and then it was like in a matter of just a couple of minutes, the temperature dropped by like 15 degrees. It was actually starting to be kind of chilly. And then guess what? The summer storms start rolling in. That's exactly what it sounded like. So there's lightning, there's thunder, the dog's freaking out. <laughs> you know, the wind's blowing the rain. I'm in a screened in porch, so I'm starting to get wet. This goes on for a while. Then after all that's gone, I go outside and the rainwater has washed some stuff away. I had a tarp on top of uh, one of my vehicles and it's full of water. I had to get it out. There's branches in the yard now. There's all this mess. And I was like, you know what? This is just like step family life. It's like it goes from being hot and miserable. <laughs> Wait a minute. It was comfortable at first, right? Well, you go through that. So it's, it's <laughs> hot and miserable in one second. And then it's comfortable and cool down the next. And then you have the storms of life come through. And then you have the the. Uh, aftermath, the aftermath of it, and the rainwater of emotions that come with it, and then you got to clean it all up. It's like it's a mess of what happened, the incident that happened that brought all the things that fell out. And if the tree <laughs> fell on your house, it would take a long time to overcome that. <laughs> I know. So 
it just kind of dawned on me like if if people would take the same precautions in their step families batting down the hatches folks (laughs) you're right (laughs) you know you're looking at okay for example i could go out and, and i could say okay um the rain got in the porch, the screen in porch. So what can I do to prevent that next time? Or the trees fell down and I had to clean the yard up. Is there any way I can prevent that from happening? The rainwater issue is there, can I prevent the flooding that's happening? And you can look at the aftermath and be thankful that it's not worse than it was. That, that's a great point. Thank you. Very because much. a tree could have fell in the house. Yes. Tore my new porch up. <laughs> or fell on your brand new car. Yeah. Or your old car. <laughs> exactly. So it's always, always could have been worse. I ever tell you I almost got struck by lightning. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Like within four feet of me. Were you standing outside holding up something metal? No, but it was storming and I went out there to see. I used to lay in the driveway in thunderstorms. Because you couldn't tell if it was storming from the inside, so you had to go out there and check? No, it's just the sky looked weird. <laughs> and so I went out there to look and Bam! I felt it before it came, but I didn't have enough time to react. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, that sorry. explains a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. Anyway, that's it. So I just wanted to throw that out there for everybody to think about. Like, apply that analogy to your life, to your blended family. Be thankful you didn't get struck by lightning. Be thankful. Be thankful for the things that um, didn't happen that could have, but also look at the aftermath of things. Uh, to not only clean them up, because oftentimes things happen in our blended family and nobody ever cleans it up. They just leave it out there. They don't address the issues that came through. And so clean it up. There you go. And then see if there's ways, ways to prevent those things from happening again. And that way you can get back to enjoying your nice summertime. On your porch. All right. Who are we interviewing today? We are interviewing Carrie. Hello, Carrie. <laughs> you got to stop with that. <laughs> So I'm going to be like, did I dial a 1-800-BAD phone number? Hello, Carrie. David. <laughs> okay. Carrie and her husband were both married before, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, not necessarily. Tell us something we don't know, Lori. Well, one of them could have been married before and not both. <laughs> okay. So they were both married before and both of their spouses passed away. So one is a widow and one is a widower. There we go, because I don't know how to group the two words together. If you had a group of people and there's five female people that their husband died and five male people that their wives died, would it be a group of widow people? It's a gaggle. (laughs) A gaggle? (laughs) I don't know. Of widow people. (laughs) But it's sad, though. I'm not making fun of it. No. It's sad. Why are you laughing when you say it? <laughs> I was laughing because you said widow people. Like, you know, little. That's the way it sounded. You said widow people. <laughs> I said widow people. That might be what you said, but it sounded like widow people. <laughs> okay. Between the two of them, they have nine kids. Mm. She has four boys and one girl. He has three girls and one boy. Ooh. You know, nine, like the number before double digits. <laughs> when people have that many kids, don't you think about things that most of us take for granted, like transportation? Yeah. How, how do you get that many people around? If you and I would have had a kid together, we'd have had to get a bus. I know. Or what about this one? 
taking baths and showers. I mean, remember we had five kids and we were, <laughs> we were like drawing letters of the alphabet to see who goes first. Setting timers. Yeah. And that you had a certain time you had to get in and get out. Then we had to have like a pause between like the second one and the third one to give the <laughs> the water time to heat back up. <laughs> it's do, good. Get back in there. I know. We tried to do like two showers in the morning, one as soon as somebody got home from school, and then the other two at night. <laughs> it was a mess. Yeah. But, you know, until the day the the water heater died and we got the tankless water heater. Dude, best investment ever. ever. But anyway. Well, hang on. I got a little tip for them. Okay. If you ever go to get a tankless water heater, buy the water heater yourself, then have an electrician and a gas person, whatever, hook it up. Do not go to these heating and air places or other places that sell those <laughs> things. And you will thank me later because I just saved you at least three to four grand. Well, that, that was our experience. Let me put it that way. Our, our experience was when we called the the company that sold it and installed it and all that that they were like five thousand dollars more expensive. Yeah, but I called several places. <laughs> okay, but still, okay. our anyway, experience in our area. Just trying to help you. Your mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Carrie said something that I'm going to use forever as far as stepmoms. You ready? Mm-hmm. She said, "You, we have the mom eyes." Without the mom voice. Hmm. What does that mean, Lori? That means you see everything them youngins do wrong, but you can't say nothing. Hmm. That's, uh, well, you can. (laughs) It's just usually not to your best interest or anybody's. I know there are some listeners going, what do you mean I can't say nothing? I can say something. Mm -hmm. Watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Don't matter how badly it turns out. Don't tell me I can't do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Carrie brought up a good point. She never gets a break or they never get a break. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They don't go visit the other parent. They don't have family living close. They have them all the time. (laughs) A-L-L. Capital, bolded, underlined, A-L-L. You spell it A-L-L, but you say it (laughs) A-W-L. (laughs) All. So, if you are a stepmom listening to this, and you have those sweet heathen step babies every day of the week, except for one day a month. <laughs> Be thankful you have that one day a month because Carrie and Andy don't. That is true. All righty. David, I don't know if you remember this during the interview because it's been a little while. It's been like three weeks. You might have forgotten. <laughs> it's been three days. I forgot. <laughs> but the counselor told them to wait to get married. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. We had one person that told us to wait to get married. Mm-hmm. We were like, he's crazy. Yeah. And now we know he's crazy, but for different reasons. Or, <laughs> or maybe the wife's crazy. Anyway. <laughs> well, we dis- we discussed that in the interview, so I don't want to talk about it here. But um, I gave my reasons as to why I felt that was valid and yet not valid at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to listening. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Don't forget to send us your opening for the next show because we want to hear what you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho. 
techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today we have stepmom Carrie. Hey, Carrie, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Hello, Carrie. Hi, David. <laughs> how, how, how are you guys? Everybody does that to me. Doing great. <laughs> it's like, hey, Lori. Hey, David. Hi, David. <laughs> it's like, who invited you? You know, I, I just love it. <laughs> well, Carrie, tell us a little bit about your blend. How long you've been blending? How many bio kids, hours kids, neighbors kids, all that stuff? <laughs> sure. Um, let's see. So we've been married for seven years now. Both Andy, my husband's name is Andy. We're both widows. And so I came in with five of my own kids and mine currently are, let's see if I can get this straight, 27, 24, 22, 21, and 20. Woo! And then uh, I have four stepkids. There are three stepdaughters and then a stepson. They're right about the same age as two, 21. She's 19. And the next one is 17. And the youngest one is Andrew, who's 12. So when we first got married, there was eight children in the home. My oldest had gotten married the year previous to that. So it was a little bit crazy. Holy moly. Mm. <laughs> yes. Well, let's address the widow part of it. Okay. I know it's hard. For a lot of people that marry somebody that is a widow or widower, but you both are. So mm -hmm. it seems like you would have to your benefit almost, I hate to say it that way, but to understand the hurt that each other has for their lost loved one. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you would think that would, the kids would also have that. And they did to a point. However, everybody was so much focused on their own hurt and their own lives at the time that they didn't have much empathy for the other person, though sometimes they did. So for the kids, it was a little bit less. So for us, yes, absolutely. You know, like I understood if it's Mother's Day, let's talk about your mom. Let's talk about how good she was. And then for Father's Day, you know, they Andy was very good at, you know, talking about my previous husband, and the kid's father. So it wasn't a jealousy thing or anything weird at all. We completely understood the importance of keeping them in the picture in the kids' lives. Right. So you're right. Yeah, because I see it on Facebook post a lot, and I know the people that are posting it, and they'll say, happy heavenly birthday to, mm -hmm. you know, whoever, and then they'll say, we're thankful for their current husband, because they feel like they have to add that second part mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to not hurt their current husband. True, because if he doesn't understand what that's like, he might be hurt. Right, because you can't compete. No, no, no. Especially when the spouse is no longer here because they are perfect. They have not done anything wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. So no, you can't compete no matter what when they're not here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, interesting how when somebody passes away, everything they did wrong is all of a sudden forgotten. Right. It's like they were the best things that sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is a, a, one of the hard parts about them no longer being here is because so I couldn't compare to her. I will never compare to her. I don't want to, mm -hmm. but because she's not here and, you know, sometimes a lot of times, I think most of the time you hear about the, the, the mom 
you know, just the issues and her showing herself, whatever, so the kids can develop their own opinion of the mother. Well, she's not here anymore. So I really don't stand a chance. But so I had to kind of give that up after a while. Like, I'm not trying to compete with her. I don't want to. But however, what can I bring to the table? Right. Do I bring anything to the table in their mind? With no high conflict bio mom in the picture, everything must have been easy and perfect. So easy and absolutely perfect. (laughs) (laughs) No bumps in the road at all. I know. But you know, people would say that. So on Facebook all the time, there's groups and, you know, they always talk about, I always talk about the X and all that and how ugly it can get. And we are very thankful we don't have that. However, just the very thing that you all represent, nachoing. And when I first heard you guys, I just took a big breath of fresh air. Like, oh, I can actually do that because when there's not the mom here for them to go to, they have nobody else. Mm-hmm. And so it took me an, a really long time, probably longer than I should have, to learn the practice of nachoing because they have nowhere else to go. There's nobody else there to teach these girls and to be there for them like there would be if the mom was still here. Yeah. Now, one thing that we see, too, is that there are those that still have their mother that's living, but just has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. that's so hard. One thing that... I see happen sometimes is that even though the mom may be passed away, the child still has that loyalty that, bond. Yeah, the loyalty mm-hmm. and, the, and the feeling like even though she's not here, I kind of resent stepmom because my mom should be the one doing these things with me and for me. You are 100% right. Yes. So we've been married for seven years. Their mom passed away in 2009. And so this year, Mother's Day, Two of the girls posted pictures of them with their mom as young, young girls, but that's still who they, you know, of course she's their mother. Mm -hmm. It's been a very long time since she hasn't been here, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. So the, the thing to remember there is that even when mom's passed away, she's still very much in the picture. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just because mom is not in the picture, whether it be because she is deceased or just not present in their life doesn't mean you can't nacho, which you've learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will say, I'm the only one they have. I can't nacho them. Well, we have to remember that nachoing is not being mean to them. You can still be a mentor. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. still be a confidant. You can still be that role model for them mm-hmm. by just not parenting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I learned that a little too late. Um, but it, it's never too late, but uh, it just took me a long time to learn that. Because I had to let go. So once you're a mom, you're always a mom. And I have mom eyes. I always mm-hmm. have mom eyes. These girls need this. He needs, you know, just for my own kids. You Okay, I see this pattern. I see this that we kind of maybe need to talk about. But I don't have the mom voice with them. And so I had to learn to be okay with that and just let it let it go. Let it play out. Whatever that's going to look like, let it play out. And then if something does happen, so just what you said, like they sometimes... Very rarely, though, <laughs> will they come to me and ask me for help, but I do know they're watching me. So if I have good habits or if I, you know, how I handle myself, I know they're watching me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really come to that place rather than, okay, all right, let's talk about how to fix your hair and a little bit of hygiene going on over here. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't, can't do that. I tried, I tried and it was an absolute train wreck. They mm-hmm. don't want it from me because like you said, they want it from their own mother. Right. I love how you said you have mom eyes without the voice. Mm -hmm. That's so hard. Because we 
have those mom eyes. Mm -hmm. We see little Johnny needs to quit eating those snacks. Little Johnny needs to brush his teeth. Little Johnny needs to do this. And I think that's more of a mom eye thing than a dad eye thing. Right, right. It is. And so we're trying to take care of everything. And they're like, no, you're not my mom. Even though they might not say that. Oh, right. No words. Like my stepchildren have never told me that and never said anything ugly to me in that way. It's just their behavior and the the rejection of the things that I would give them this kind of shampoo or this kind of face soap. It would sit and they would never use it. And I just took that so personally in the beginning. Like, I'm trying to help you. Why don't you want what I have to give you? Mm-hmm. I've raised five children. I think I kind of know what I'm doing here. But it, so I took it so personally in the beginning. But after listening to you guys and a couple different other uh, blended family podcasts, it was like, no, that's not what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not personal. Yeah. It's not personal. It's funny so many times, though, when we get to that point where we're looking at somebody and we say, it's not about you. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just not Mm -hmm. about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not always about you, stepmom. (laughs) Yeah. And you guys have said, I know you've said that on your podcast sometimes. And that really, that every time you said it, it was like, okay, yes, you're right. You're right. Right. I need to hear that. It's not about me personally. And it's almost like when something happens, say you do buy the shampoo and it just sits there, you instantly do take it personally. And then you have to kind of pause and go, wait a minute, this is not about me. This is about what it represents. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the empty cereal box <laughs> with me <laughs> represented the kids were going to never move out. Or if they did, they were going to live in boxes on the street and they were never going to have productive adult lives and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the empty cereal box, that's what it told me. <laughs> and so the shampoo bottle, we can take it and make it mean whatever we want it to, but that's not necessarily what it means. Right. Yeah. I remember one time. I went to the store and I had purchased these little <laughs> these little popcorn balls. I think it was right after right before or right after Halloween. I think it may be right before Halloween. Anyway, they sold they sold these little popcorn balls, caramel popcorn balls at the store. And so I bought all the kids one. And so I come home and I'm handing them to all the kids and I give one to Jackson, my stepson, and he, he's like, I don't want this. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Okay. And um and, and Lori was like, oh, my gosh. You know, she was upset about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, he didn't want it. Okay. Well, and I talked to Jackson <laughs> about that later. And he said, well, you've always told me not to lie. Okay. I'm like, but you can just say thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't need to say thank you. I didn't appreciate it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. missing the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes he makes me think I don't know how to parent, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I remember she she got more upset about it than I did because I was like, okay, well, I guess he doesn't want it. I won't, you know, I won't buy him that anymore. Well, which is interesting because then maybe that's one of the dynamics of why the stepson and stepdad don't have the kind of issues that stepmoms and stepchildren have. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. especially stepmoms and stepdaughters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh oh, I sense a little little story there. <laughs> <laughs> I have five, four boys and one girl, and he had three girls and one boy. And Ooh. so it was just a whole different dynamic with that. And you guys know, you've talked to enough people to hear the stepmom say, and you yourself, your own experience, that it is just a whole different world that I was not prepared for. Mm-hmm. I was ready to bring everybody in and let's come on, we can do this. And kumbaya. Kumbaya. Yeah. Let's brush everybody, you know, do everybody's hair. But it was my way at the time. It was the Oakley way. 
not the Miller way. And so Mm -hmm. the Miller way girls were like, wait, we don't eat like that. We don't do that on Friday nights. We watch this. And my kids were like, wait, we don't do that. We do this. And so just the whole dynamic and their ages too are really rough. Middle school, high school Mm -hmm. is hard anyway. And then to throw this dynamic in there. Yeah. Just the whole girls aspect of it was really difficult for me to learn how to navigate that. This is where we often tell people that even though you're, you know, you and your husband are married and and the family is quote unquote blended, there's still a time frame and oftentimes it's years that you go where you are still two separate families just living under one roof. Mm-hmm. And you know t- to your point about, you know, this is not what we do on Friday nights and the other, you know, the other side is saying this but we do something different. It takes a while before that starts meshing together. And I know for us, the mistake we made is that, you know, we wanted that to happen right away or within a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, we it's it's <laughs> funny because people people say things to us now that we had said early on, which is, it's been six months. How long does this take? Right. You know, now we laugh about it. We're like, right. six months. Six months. Yeah, it takes like seven years. And, you know, of course, I don't want to tell anybody that right away because then they go, oh, gosh, I can't wait that long. But, um, I mean, everybody blends differently at different speeds and for different reasons mm-hmm. and different dynamics. But it is something that often people, sometimes they get a bit taken aback by the fact that how dare you say we're two separate families? I'm like, because mm, you are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that we don't make everybody mad enough by saying nacho kids. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, t- it just takes time. It's, it's not like we're saying you'll never be like a single family unit, but you're not going to start that way. No. Right. It, yeah. No. And I think by you all saying that gives people like me freedom to feel all the feelings that we're feeling, but so afraid to say anything because it, we're, it, I tell myself, this is wrong. I shouldn't be feeling this way. When you, you know, you say that, no, you're not. <gasps> oh, okay, good. Because then that sets me up for unrealistic expectations. Everybody's sets up for unrealistic expectations and there's disappointment all around. But when you can just say, okay, no, we're still two units. Mm -hmm. We can still go do things as this unit over here and you all, and it's okay. It is okay. Exactly. But you bring up a good point that I don't think enough people discuss and we didn't either. So... If you're getting ready to blend, discuss what you do on Friday nights. Talk about it with your significant other, but also talk about it with your kids and say, we're going to start doing this every other Friday night. Mm -hmm. Or that way, everybody's getting their own thing, or you can do separate things. That is okay. Mm -hmm. I would tell Jackson, you know, come on, let's go to bed and say your prayers. And David would do that with his kids. And David wanted us to all do it together. And Mm -hmm. David's kids were like, no, we don't want them up here. Mm -hmm. And Jackson's, no, I don't want to be up there with them. Mm. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. Not not initially it wasn't. It it was okay with me. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. no, y'all all going to do this together. (laughs) Right. Yeah. One big happy family. Which is funny because it didn't bother me. That one thing I know did not bother me because I enjoyed that alone time with my son at night. Mm. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. But, you know, who knows to talk about these things ahead of time? Nobody really knows. And to talk about what are the non-negotiables for your family that you want to still keep. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do that. I think that's such a such a wise thing to learn ahead of time. But nobody really knows to, to think about those things. Well, f- for me, uh, and I, I see this happening a lot with families, 
for, for me, it was that feeling that, oh, this is how things are going to be. Forever. Right. Oh, like, like, right. Like we're never going to be a better family than we are today because we're not doing things like a family should do, you know, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just had that feeling like, you know, we're just never going to ever blend because we're not doing blended things. Mm. Um, and I'm doing a bunch of air quotes when I'm talking here. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> cool. you know, and I'm looking back on it, and I'm like, how how naive that is. Um, mm. But I still see that a lot from people. They're like, well, you're telling me that, you know, we need to, to do it this way. And I'm like, I'm, yeah, but I'm telling you that way right now. It, it, it will change. You will not be the same person in six months or six years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your family mm-hmm. won't be either. But you've got to do certain steps in a certain order in a certain way to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I didn't know then. And, and I still see, see people doing that. And it's just kind of a natural thing to think. This is just kind of crazy. And it's not going to be better if I keep doing it this way. But <laughs> it's just funny how it works out, though. Mm-hmm. It does. And I wonder how many of those families that do do that, because we did it too. And we took the kids on trips together because we got to do this together. It was miserable. <laughs> it was miserable <laughs> for everyone. Mm-hmm. Why would we do that? So I wonder how many of the people that do do that, it, it works out and everybody just loves each other and it's good. You know, I, I have a feeling that's few and far between. Yes. So mm-hmm. to have the freedom to go, it's okay if we take a trip by ourselves and you guys go take a trip by yourselves. And then we come back together and we're not so angst with each other, you know, because we haven't been forced together. Like just let it come naturally if it comes at all. Exactly. Last part of what you said is so important. And you can't force it. Let's see. There's only two left in the house now. The 17, my 17 year old stepdaughter and then my 12 year old stepson. Well, he's pretty much. <laughs> I'm just now introducing myself to him because the, oh, hi, Andrew, you live here. Oh, okay. (laughs) We're just now seeing him because everybody else is finally out of the house. And so a lot of that daily stress is gone, but I can see with him where, because the 17 year old is busy, he's really the only one that's like, okay, we can do this. So it's me and Andy and Andrew hanging out a lot. We've got some common interests. We play soccer together. So he's really the last one. He's really the only one that has this is his family. This is all that he knows. And it almost feels like it with him. So it's a really good thing with just him, but that's one of nine. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like that with Jackson because Jackson was so young when we got married and then David's kids moved out a couple of years ago. So it's just David, Jackson and I, mm-hmm. or is it me, David and Jackson? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> however you say that. And it does, it feels like we're a little family sometimes, mm-hmm. but then other times Things will happen, and I'll tell David, I'll be like, well, you talked to Jackson. He's like, nope, <laughs> not your kid. I'm like, right. you're killing me. I'm like, you didn't want me to talk to him when he was eight? I ain't talking to him when right. he was 16. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have a good relationship, which I am so thankful for. Good. Yeah, if I needed to talk to him, I would, but it's usually stuff that's silly. <laughs> no, it's not it's silly. It's usually like, well, you talk to him, he's he's doing something to gripe my nerves. And I'm like, I know, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> need to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what it was the other day. I said, oh, I was telling Jackson to slow down. And he looks at David. He's like, see, every time she rides with me, it's like this. And David's like, I'd be telling you to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thanks a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of started that because I remember telling his kids, oh, if it was up to me, you'd never go to school on Mondays. Or <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So it's biting me in the butt now is yes, what's happening. Is. Yep. That's funny. However, we're doing those things so that they know I'm on your team. I am on your team. He's the one or she's the one that's not letting you do all that. I am I would let you. Exactly. Even though we may not. But Well, it gives him the opportunity to come to me at some point and complain about his mom without mm-hmm. going to his dad and complaining about her. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he feels like, oh, he, he gets me. He understands me. And so mm-hmm. um, gives him a little bit of an outlet. What do you mean he's complaining about his mom? I, I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> Jackson. Trust me. He don't say anything to me that he won't say to you. Oh, I know. That's good. He's definitely my child. He's That's a bit good. outspoken. That's funny. Well, the only reason I would have to say with Andrew why it is so good with Andrew, because I've, I'm not doing the homework. I'm not doing the, you got to make your bed in the morning. You know, like all those things that his dad should be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm able to just show up for the soccer game and, you know, having good lighthearted conversation in the kitchen. I didn't just go yell at him for not doing his homework or whatever. It was, I can show up for certain ways in a good way, in a good, healthy way. Now, sometimes we'll talk about some things that he might need to work on or do, but it's not a constant, um, it's not a constant thing. Cause I've learned to kind of back off and just be there for him when, when he needs someone to talk to or watch a movie with. And it's been really, really nice. However, I would not have known to do that. If it weren't for you guys teaching people how to nacho in a healthy way. I'm so glad that it helped you. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yes. And I know by you not constantly parenting him, when you do have to say something to him or you feel in your heart that you need to say something to him about an Mm -hmm. issue, he knows it's from love, Mm -hmm. not from the evil stepmom. Well, yeah. she shows up sometimes. <laughs> she sh- I'm not saying <laughs> she shows up sometimes. Yeah. Well, when you're always fussing, it just gets, you know, kind of drowned out. But if it's like every so often you've got to step up, then they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I better pay attention because mm-hmm. this is not like her to, to say something. Mm-hmm. So what did your husband think? Did you tell him about nachoing or does he know you nacho? What's that whole story? He does know, and he's very supportive of it. However, it's hard for me to watch because he has to do more, which is good. Some of it was good that he did need to do more. He kind of really just threw the kids on me because I welcomed it. I can mm-hmm. do it all. I got this. We can do this. You just go to work. I can figure it out and got really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so he knew something needed to change and that I did need to back off and him needed to step up. So it was a mutual. We kind of both agreed. Yeah, this isn't working. This is not working. What can we do different? Um, but I do see that it weighs on him because he has to do a lot more because he they don't go anywhere. There's no week on, week off um, visitation at all. They are here full time and have been here full time. There's no family close by. So that's that's been really hard to the whole nachoing thing because, like I said, it means more for him. He has to step up more. So he's kind of overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, he'll find his pace, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And also, when he has days that you can tell he's just about to flip out and turn into the exorcist on the kid, <laughs> you will step in. Mm-hmm. I do, yes. And that's what David does with Jackson. If Jackson okay. gets off the chain and he's pushing that button and you can tell I'm getting ready to flip out on him, David will go, that's enough, mm, good. or leave your mama alone, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you're on restriction for talking to your mama that way, or anything like that. It's just, he's stepping in so things don't escalate to a point that I'm flipping out on my kid. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, That's good. Like a buffer. 
Yeah. Know? Well, it's like I said mm-hmm. earlier, I don't, I don't correct him for almost anything. And so when I do step in, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no question. It's no discussion. Whereas with me, it's why, why? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not hurting mm-hmm. anybody. You know, it's not hurting anybody. Me wearing this, or and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's hurting anybody. I'm telling you not to. Yeah. If she mm-hmm. says stop, it's why. And if I say stop, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes it just take a, takes a man's presence, you know, to that authority to step in. Well, you know, you talked about the relationship with stepfathers and stepkids. Versus stepmoms and stepkids, especially stepdaughters. You know, there's proof, scientific proof that children, even babies, react differently to a man's voice than they do a female's. Hmm. So I joke about when I was single and Jackson was a baby, I'd put a hat on and go in there and be like, hey, boy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's almost like it puts the fear of God in them or something. I don't know. tried that with my boys. It didn't work. (laughs) I could not get my voice deep enough. So let's talk about some of the challenges that you had, because we kind of, we kind of skirted around that early on saying that, you know, you don't have a high conflict with my own mom. And so it must've been easy, but I know it wasn't. So what are, what are some of the challenges that, you know, you faced or might even been unique to your situation? Well, I touched on a little bit, just talking about how they've been here every day almost every day since they moved in seven years ago. So there has been no, you know, like, you know, week on, week off, you kind of have that week to take a breather, reset, okay, get ready. They're coming back. We don't have that. They're here. And somebody, somebody kind of correlated it to the fact that like, you say you have a, your friend, your kids have a neighbor kid and the neighbor kid comes over and the neighbor kid, sure. You can spend the night one night. Sure. Okay. The neighbor kid is still there in the morning and you feed him breakfast. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Come on. But he's still there for dinner. Oh, wait aren't you supposed to go home now? But he spends the night again and then he has breakfast again. It was, so that helped me to go, okay, that's why I'm feeling this way. It's mm-hmm. like the neighbor kid who never leaves, <laughs> not a bad kid, <laughs> nothing has nothing to do with him as a person. It's just that type of relationship. And I don't know these kids. I didn't know them. I didn't birth them. I don't know them. So it was like the neighbor kids who never left. Right. And I just felt like a horrible person for the way that I would feel toward them because they're here, they're in the kitchen, they're sitting in the living room where my kids and I used to sit and they're grabbing food that was I was making for something else. It was just too much, too overwhelming. I needed a break. And there was never a there's not a break. They're here all the time. So there's no family, none of their families near or anything like that? No, they, their, uh, their grandmothers. So she helped. So their mother passed away in 2009 and the grandmother helped um, get the kids to school. And she really, really stepped in. Well, she passed away a year after we got married. So the kids really have had, they're just hurting, wounded. They're hurting. So that was part of it too. So she's not here anymore. And they would go to they do have an aunt who lives in Ohio um so they would go there you know christmas time and maybe a week in the summer but that's it there's no community there's no other mm-hmm. really anybody who's consistent and in investing in their life and so that's a lot of pressure on me especially after the grandmother dies like, i am it i'm the only person they have who is in their life and investing in them and it was way too much for me yeah so that was a, definitely one of the biggest challenges of of not having the mother here anymore. However, I know even if she was, she might not be great, but at least it was some other adult in their life speaking into them. Right. So how long did y'all date before you got married? We, it was probably, probably a year and a half. 
probably a year and a half, not too, not long enough. Let's just say that. <laughs> it never is. <laughs> not long enough. Okay, well, let's talk about that. How long do you think, and David, I want your opinion, people that have kids mm-hmm. should wait to get married? So, for instance, you and I, mm-hmm. it was about a year and a half. Right. For her, it was about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we've had people say never. You know, there's it, mm. never a good time. But it, I think it depends on, too, how often you see the kids. So, for instance, if David only had his kids every other weekend, a year and a half of us dating was really less than a year of them knowing me. Mm-hmm. So with your significant other, with Andy, he had the kids all the time. So I guess you were exposed to them quite a bit in the beginning. Well, we we really didn't bring them together for a while just because I was just so nervous. I hadn't dated in 10 years. I hadn't had any. So I was just kind of like, I don't I don't I don't know if I want to do this. I'm not sure. So we really didn't bring the kids together for a while. But then after that, maybe, I don't know, six months or so, we tried to go to the carnival together or just do things together and see what it looked like. And so we did plan a trip to the beach together in a beach house, all of us. It was great. We did a talent show. It was great. We celebrated because me and my stepdaughter have the same birthday. We celebrated our birthdays together. We took pictures. It was, we're like, okay, this is going to be great. Let's get married. (laughs) Yeah. It's like anything else. Like if you went to the Disney world, you're like, oh, this is so fantastic. But after about the 30th day there, you're like, oh, my gosh, if I have to hear it's a small world after all again, I'm going to choke somebody. (laughs) Yes, you're so right. And we found that when we were out of the house, we did way better because we all moved into They moved into my my house, the Oakley house where we were. So they moved into our territory. They sold their house, had to leave everything they knew and moved into here. So it was like an invasion for us. And then for them, they felt like. Um, they were invading. Mm-hmm. And so that, that I tell step families or people who are thinking about getting married, I would not recommend living in the, any one of your houses. You need to go get one house together. Yes, I completely agree with um, that. Yeah, yes. There's just this sense of property here and this is ours. And so it has always been that. And I think it always will be mm-hmm. that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think back to your question, Lori. I would say that if you want the least amount of problems, I would probably not look at getting married until all the kids have moved out on both sides. <laughs> oh, no, be careful that, about that because Family yeah. Life Blended posted something on their Facebook about not dating or something like that until the kids were out of the house and whoo, they got ringed. Oh, I'm, not saying, really? I'm yes. not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying I think that would be the least trouble. Mm-hmm. No, I, and I'm I certainly agree. not saying there would be no trouble. I'm saying that would be the least. The The problem with that is, and here's why I don't think I could do that, is that I would be afraid of what my kids would understand about relationships because they wouldn't see it being modeled in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that was my concern. Yes, You're right. I had forgotten you asked that question. I'm glad you came circled back to that. So I, I would think depending on the, maybe the kid's ages. So if it was a young, young child, maybe waiting doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But I agree with you where the, if the kids are older, their worlds are already going up and down with middle school and high school and all that's involved in there. And to throw this into it was a big mistake for us. And had I known the consequences of what that would look like, we would not have done it. Mm. It was like putting a bomb in both of our families and just blowing it all up. 
I didn't know that was going to happen. So we were actually counseled to wait until our kids are out of the house. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. But somebody did say, I would recommend you guys waiting to do that. So I, I think I kind of agree with family life. I, although I know something, I wonder if the people who are um, saying negative things to that have actually been in a blended family. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with your take on that about the age difference and all that. And, and it depends on, again, the motive for, for me, mm-hmm. um, waiting now we, Jackson was like, what, three when we started dating. So, I mean, it just wasn't, so I'm not, I mean, she's awesome and everything, but I don't think I'm going to wait 18 <laughs> years. <laughs> um, but it, for me, the biggest concern was, what are they going to know about relationships if all they see is what they see from me and their mom? And I'm not going to say anything bad about that, <clears throat> but <laughs> I needed to show them what a stable family life looked like in some mm-hmm. regards. Mm-hmm. And they just weren't going to get it anywhere else except mm-hmm. maybe, I mean, we had some extended family, grandparents and stuff that they were you know, still together. My sister and her husband are still together. So they had some extended family but it's different when they're there and they're living it and seeing mm-hmm. it. And and I wanted them to see that. And I even wanted them to see the struggles mm-hmm. because I want them to understand mm-hmm. this stuff is not easy. Not just blended mm-hmm. families, but just being with somebody is hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want them to treat relationships like they're just throwaways. Mm-hmm. I had a dear friend that she actually passed away a year after we got married, David. I think so. Yeah. And she had cancer. She was a single mom since her child was like three or something like that. And I remember one thing she told me before David and I started dating, actually, she said, do not wait to date. Do not wait mm. to have your own life. Because her daughter at this time was 18. She said, I regret it. Mm, wow. She said, my child is spoiled rotten. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks that the world revolves around her. Mm. When her mom would try to do something, not even on a date, but go somewhere with a friend, her daughter would just flip out on her about it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't let that happen to you. Have your own wow. life on top of being a mom. Mm-hmm. I found the Family Life Blended post, so I'm going to read it. It says, waiting to date till the children are grown and on their own avoids the competition of attachment at a developmentally significant time of the children's lives. And it's worth considering. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of laughter emojis and, oh, you're mm-hmm. crazy. But we can understand why. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, not even, I'm not talking about, I guess my, the difference of what I'm saying is I'm not talking about waiting. You're talking about getting married. Yeah, I'm not saying wait to date. I'm saying wait mm-hmm. to, to get married so that they're kind of addressing it a little differently. Maybe that's why people mm-hmm. reacted the way they did because they mm-hmm. said dating. Maybe so. Yeah. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. think I'm just supposed to be some single old hag by myself <laughs> forever? <laughs> um, no, I don't I don't know that waiting to date would be a, a good idea. Um, I mean, to each his own. You have to figure that out for yourself. Right, right. But yeah. now, let me say, I don't agree with, and it's just my personal opinion, if you're dating different people, I don't think it's a good idea mm-hmm. to expose your children. Right. Yeah, you'd be better off not dating than to have you know, a girlfriend mm-hmm. over every other weekend. Right. Right, right. I like what you said because this that was something that kept Andy and I focused and grounded was the fact that our kids are watching us. And it's kind of cool how they're watching a new relationship. And so a lot of kids there at that age, high school, don't get to see their parents at that new relationship side. So 
that was kind of, I like how you talked about that because they did see us together. They saw us laughing together. They saw us enjoying each other's company where had we not gotten married, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have seen that. And like, like you were talking about, how does the husband talk to the wife? How does the wife talk to the husband? How do they work through issues? How do they deal with finances? Mm-hmm. And so that we had to, it, when it was crazy, we were like, okay, they're watching us. They're learning. We are trusting that God's going to use this and <laughs> just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yes. And it's, it's funny, and you've probably already had this happen, Carrie, but it, it's amazing when the kids come back around and they're in their 20s and they start telling you stuff that they remember. Mm-hmm. I remember learning this from you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, I didn't think you were even paying attention. <laughs> oh, yes. My stepdaughter went off to college. She came back and said, thank you for showing me because she never wanted to learn how to cook anything. I was available, but she didn't want to learn. She wasn't interested. She was busy or whatever was going on. Thank you for showing me what it was like to eat healthy. Now I kind of have an idea of what to pick. I'm like, oh, you were looking, you were paying attention. <laughs> oh, honey, they're paying attention. You were paying that. attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, oftentimes the, the step parent and especially the step mom, their appreciation comes so much later than it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they definitely pay attention. I'll never forget David's kids. They decided to cook pancakes one day. Now, I mean, they're 18 at this point. <laughs> they had the griddle out. Well, they were going to impress us by cleaning up their mess. And they did a good job, but they put the hot griddle back in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and of course, you know, I hadn't re-engaged by that point. And I'm like, man, y'all were geniuses. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> And then I told them, they're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had to find the one thing that was wrong That's with funny. it. funny. <laughs> well, I think one thing we have to remember as step parents and even bio parents is they are watching us. They are watching us when we go to an amusement park and they ask how old the kids are that we don't lie about their age to get a discount. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are watching us ask the old lady at the store if she needs help. Mm-hmm. They are watching us see, ask our husband or our spouse if they need help with something when they're struggling. Mm. And we are planting those seeds. We may not ever see them grow, but we planted those seeds. And Mm -hmm. hopefully when they get older and in relationships and get married, they will remember, hey, Mm -hmm. this isn't easy. I knew it wouldn't be easy, but I saw what my dad and Lori went through and they were determined to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. As I told him one time, I said, one of these days you'll know what it's like to be a stepdad. And Lori's like, no. no. <laughs> I don't want them to. I, I don't wish that on any of them. No. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's not that it's horrible when families split up. My mom and dad split up when I was 30-ish. They should have split up when I was three. <laughs> they were miserable. So what I thought a relationship was, was cussing at each other every other Friday Mm -hmm. when the bills were due. And then going to church Mm -hmm. Sunday. And then going to church church on Sunday. Actually, she got cussed out on the way to church. No, that was Dawn. Oh, that was Dawn. Yeah. Mama (laughs) told Dawn to get her A up out of bed and go to church. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time she poured cold water on her to get her up and made her go with wet hair and everything. Wow. Yeah. You going to church? I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, But my daddy never went, so that was okay. Um, (laughs) But where was I going with that? I don't know. (laughs) You're the one that got me distracted thinking about mama cussing and going to church. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to circle back to uh, you, uh, when you read the post from. Go ahead. From is it family life blended? Mm-hmm. Family life blended. That's what it was. Yeah. So from Andy and I's perspective, I mean, we lost our spouses suddenly, and so part of that is okay. Yeah, we may not live. You know, like something can happen. So to wait to date, you never know. So I kind of disagree with that on that end. And it was your friend who was talking about don't wait and how she regrets it. Man, what a perspective. Right. Yeah. And then you she, know? you know, then she passed away, not dating really or falling in love because. Mm. You yeah. know, she got sick not long after that. Yeah, when you got the wow. when you got the regrets of the dying speaking to you, that right. that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the way that you said it too, I never really thought about it. But your significant other, your husband dying, did make you have a different outlook on things. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It could have made you look at things like I don't want to get attached again because I'm afraid this person will die, or it mm-hmm. could be looked at as life is short and I'm gonna do everything I can to live my life to the fullest. Right. And actually, it's both of those simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can see it, though. Well, Mm -hmm. I know just even with Lori and I, I mean, our spouses didn't pass and we didn't have any trauma other than infidelity. But (laughs) Mm. (laughs) like that's not traumatic enough. But Mm -hmm. there was a long period of time before I would say that we felt really comfortable with each other. And I'm, I mean, years like I would I just could tell that she and I both were kind of not wanting to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And so we had that that wall up. And um, I, I don't know. You want to talk about that a little bit? Honey? Well, you say I still keep my wall up. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. And we've been married. How many years? Hundred, tw- 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blended family years. It's 182. But it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I think that now I, I kind of joke when I say it. But in, in some cases, I do kind of feel like that you might. But I, see, I didn't know you before. So I don't know that that's if that's just the way you are or, or not. Mm. No, I think I am. I think I'm guarded because I need to make sure that I can take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I let my guard down too much and rely on other people, I feel like I lose that strength. Mm, same. I'm yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. And see, I went, out, I went out of my way to make sure that she has that ability to feel that way. Um, Even to the point of financially, like I wanted to make sure that the child support that she got, you know, went to her kid and it isn't, it didn't go into, you know, like an hours fund. And if she had any kind of little, you know, nest egg when we got married, um, you know, I, I let her keep enough. Like I wanted her. You didn't let me. Yeah, that's true. Excuse me. Be careful with your words, honey. (laughs) So my point is I wanted her to feel comfortable enough to say I'm here because I want to be here and and not because I need to stay. Right. And you even said that one of the things that attracted you to me was my independence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And and we've told each other before. And even around friends, uh, we would talk about how neither one of us needed the other person. We wanted the other person. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow. And and that's that it's always been that way for us and I wanted I wanted it to continue to be that way. Like I didn't want the, any part of her to say I'm only staying because X. You know, I didn't want it to be financial, I didn't want it to be mm-hmm. because she didn't have any anything that she needed to have to to feel independent but yet still with me at the same time. I know that sounds mm. kind of crazy, but I just no, I, I wanted wanted that to be there because I wanted her, her and I both to always say, 
we don't need each other more than we want each other. Mm. The funny thing is when I decided to do Nacho Kids full time, I struggled with that because I'm not going to lie. I need David to do my website. I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I need David to hook up all this equipment up here so the podcast doesn't sound like I'm in the toilet talking to you. (laughs) And that was the hardest thing because I rely on him to help me with that. You remember me talking to you about it? Mm. I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, I still know because every time I get frustrated with something, she's like, I know it. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have <laughs> asked you to do it. And I'm like, well, who else is going to do it? I mean, well, <laughs> recently we released the Stepmom View and we had some issues with the website stuff and he's over there getting frustrated. And I hate to feel like that him helping me has caused that frustration. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we shouldn't have done it. And yeah. he's like, no, I got it. And I'm like, would you stop saying that? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a nap. You make you make my <laughs> frustration worse, <laughs> uh, because it's just one of those things that I mean, when you're doing something creative like a website and you've got technology involved, it can be frustrating because sometimes things just don't work, <laughs> and they're supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, we, there's always going to be that. There's certain things that we rely on each other for. Now, of course, if she needed somebody else to do the website, she could find somebody to do it. She'd have to pay them. <laughs> a lot more she's paying me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a beautiful thing about marriage. And then, but for those of us that are very independent, it's hard to release some of that independence and allow somebody else to step into that space. Mm-hmm. But what a what a picture of what marriage really is supposed to be like. And I'm not comfortable with that yet because I was on my own for so long. Mm -hmm. I just learned how to, how to be on my own. Um, Lori, I'm not sure how long you were a single parent on your own, but sometimes we have to develop that skill of independence. Yeah. Um, But marriage kind of forces us to release some of that, which is a beautiful thing, but yet hard. Yeah. Carrie, I, I don't, I don't know how long we were dating. It was a few weeks because initially we were kind of, we weren't like seriously dating. We were just kind of dating. And um, I remember going going over to her house one day, which, you know, for me, just the fact that she had her own house, I was like, wow. <laughs> but she, you know, she wasn't renting somewhere and all that. So I was, that was kind of impressive. But I go over there and she's laying in the floor and she has a water heater torn apart <laughs> and she's replacing the heating element in the water heater by herself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm in trouble now. She's like, I got this. I can do this. Exactly. She's like, no, I got this. I'm like, why don't you call somebody? Uh huh. Uh, no, because I can do it myself. I'm like, well, you want me to right. help you? No, I don't want your help. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I like this girl. Mm-hmm. Good. I like this girl. <laughs> I remember a friend of mine. <laughs> That's um, funny. Her husband used to go fill her car up with gas for her, and I mean, she never had to do anything. And they split up. Mm. And she called me one day, and she was so frustrated. And she said, my stupid wash machine's not working. The water's not coming out good. I said, I'm on my way. She's like, what? (laughs) I'm like, girl, I'm on the way. All it is is you've got sand caught in that filter somehow. And I go over there, and I take the filter off and rinse it out and, you know, put it Mm -hmm. back on and all that stuff. She's like, oh, my gosh, please teach me. Please (laughs) teach me. I was like, girl, you're going to stay single a little while. You'll learn. You will learn. You have to. Yeah, you're not going to pay a plumber 100 bucks to come out there and clean the screen Mm -hmm. out of your water hose for your washing machine. Mm -hmm. You might do it one time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I guess I've always just prided myself in 
I'm going to learn to do stuff. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't need anybody. We're learning this website stuff. Well, that's different. <laughs> see, see, and that's what's so different is I can. I, there's no doubt I can learn it. Uh-huh. But why? <laughs> right. If you die, David, okay, I will. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll have to learn a lot. <laughs> well, you've already forbidden me to die before you. Yeah, that's mm. that's true. We shouldn't talk about dying, though, because it's kind of a sensitive subject, I'm sure. It's okay. It's okay. We've heard it all. I can't imagine what you went through. And you were fairly young when your husband passed away, right? I was 31. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, my kids were 10, 6, 5, 3, and 2. Oh, Mm. my gosh. Good grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back in 2003. So it's, it's been a while. Wow. I just, I know a lot of people would be like, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't raise all those kids by myself. I mean, your life got flipped, turned upside down. It, it did. It did. And had I heard stories of people going through what I was going through, I would have said the same thing. And then like, oh, wait, whoops, that's me. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, you just got to have the strength and the resources and people around the community and the church family just really, really came around and supported us. We got meals for six years and oh, wow. a fund set up that people continued to give to. And um, yeah, it's just a really crazy, hard, dark, Place for all of us to go through, and not only my own grief, but to carry the grief of my children too, was that was just about unbearable. But here we are. My daughter, my only daughter, got married this year, and that was something I had not been looking forward to because that was a, such a space for her father to be in. Yeah, but it was beautiful. It was it was perfect, and it was great. And he was there in a, in a certain way, and represented in a way. So, who walked her down the aisle? Nobody. She was by herself. Um, and the, the one who married her was her dad's best friend. Oh. And so he mentioned him and brought him into it in a beautiful way. So it was good. It was good. Yeah. It's just the community. I just can't stress enough community, even being step family, you know, you don't go through that kind of a tragedy. Having community is so hugely important. Like I'll go on the Facebook stepmom pages and just read some things and just be so encouraged because it's like, oh yes, you feel this or you're going through this too, or you understand. So yeah. community in any situation we're in is so incredibly important. Yeah. And that's, that's why we get so upset sometimes when people are so brash with other people that are struggling, mm-hmm. you know, you're on social media and I know some people just, the keyboard know, warriors, yeah, I call them keyboard warriors because they get mm-hmm. behind a keyboard and they just like, they just feel like they can be as mean as they want to be. And I'm like, you wouldn't be this mean if, if you were right in front of somebody. Mm-hmm. I just don't no. believe that. No. Um, but, you know, people are struggling with different things in different ways. And it's amazing how many times people just get attacked. And I'm like, mm-hmm. can you just be nice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you got to be nasty, just just don't type anything. Yeah. Right. Right. And you are so blessed to have had that community when that happened with your husband. I know. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it. It was a big thing about a month ago, David, a month and a half ago. There was a guy that killed five people. No, six people. Yeah, six people in the town next to us. It was a doctor, his wife, his two grandkids, and two heating and air conditioning men that were at his house. Wow. And this girl, her husband was the heating and air conditioning guy, and I just see her post about her son and how he just lies awake at night crying how he wants his (gasps) daddy. Oh, Yes. And mm-hmm. and she's like, and I'm sick of people telling me to be strong and I don't want to mm-hmm. be strong. I don't know how to be strong. And I hate everybody. You know, she's mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. struggling. And it's like, I read that and I'm like, I don't know what to do for her. I wish there mm-hmm. was something that I could do. Mm-hmm. 
because, I mean, golly, her poor kids. And her kid came out and had his daddy's work shirt on one day. Girl, I would have lost it. You'd have had mm. to pick me up off the floor. I just, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. So I love watching communities come together and help people. Mm-hmm. It shows there is some decency left in the world. Right, because there's times when we cannot stand up on our own. I needed the community. I cannot do it. I cannot raise these kids. And I would hear my kids crying at night for their dad. What can I do about that? Nothing. So it's such a heavy weight. And I needed people to come around and help me carry that. We can't, nobody, we can't do this on our own. You were talking about how the kids get spoiled. And so that, and when we got married, so anyway, let me go backtrack a little bit. Okay. So yes, our kids went through that. Yes. Andy's family and the Miller kids went through what they went through. So the community does come around. The community does support. However, the community is afraid to say hard things, maybe suggest counseling on one end. And so the kids, they're kind of like, oh, wait, doesn't everybody get meals every week? Oh, doesn't everybody get these privileges like us? And Mm -hmm. so they kind of were selfish in a way because they had been through this tragedy. So they people would come at them with soft gloves on, you know? Yeah. And so then for the both of us to come together, this side's thinking that this side's thinking it, well, that ain't happening here. You guys all need to help each other out. It's (laughs) they're not going to have soft gloves with you. You're not going to have soft gloves with them. So here we go. So it was kind of neat when I can rise above the situation and see it that way of how almost intentionally like, okay, they need this. Mm -hmm. Each side needs this to say, this is not about you. You are not the only one in the world hurting. You're not the only one who's gone through this. Right. I think a lot of the snowflake generation, and I may be completely off base with this, but I feel the snowflake generation was created mainly because of step families. You've got the guilty parent syndrome running rampant Mm. and all these families are split up. Nobody wants to be mean to the kid. Nobody wants to punish the kid and everybody wants to give them a trophy. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they feel sorry for them, which it, we should in certain ways. It's not their fault. They didn't ask for any of this. So there's got to be some kind of a balance there. Yeah. And it's hard because it. I hate to see when somebody says, as an adult, I'm like this because of my life as a child. Mm-hmm. You are not defined by your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you can choose to let them drag you down or keep you down, or you can choose to rise above it. I mean, mm, right? we see it all the time. People that were homeless are now millionaires. Mm-hmm. How did they get there? It wasn't by sitting there complaining about when they were a kid, they didn't get such attention or whatever. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be compassionate towards the kids. I'm just saying that a lot of times we don't need to use those soft gloves. Right. And encourage that victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah. we don't need to encourage that. Well, what you're talking about, and, and this is somewhat cliche-ish, but it's so true, is that life really is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. And I think people often kind of brush that off as like, oh, it's a cool saying. But if you really sit down and just spend time thinking about that, it kind of blows you away as to the truth about it and how it really puts responsibility back on the person Mm -hmm. to take whatever's happening and make of it what they can and not let circumstances dictate that. And I, I remember one time I posted on Facebook that life is not what happens to you. It's what happens because of you. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. And, oh, you'd be amazed at how many people were like, that's just wrong. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Uh, you might want to think about that. That's why I have to keep mm-hmm. him out of my Facebook group. He stirs up stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and of course, people want to throw in stuff like, you know, well, if, if XYZ happened and it was terrible, then I guess it happened because of me. And I'm like, eh, mm-hmm. you're missing the point. I mean, there mm-hmm. are, if I had to do the 1090 thing again, I would say there's 10% of the time that something happens to you and it just came out of the blue and you can't control those things. And, and that's where you have to decide what to do next. But in most cases, it's how you respond to things. Mm-hmm. And it's what you do that determines everything else after that. Mm-hmm. You know, your kids wouldn't be as awesome as they are now. And you wouldn't be in a relationship with somebody now. And all these things that are great about your life right now wouldn't be there if it wasn't for how you responded to the tragedy that happened to you. Mm, you're right. Do your kids remember your husband, your younger kids? No, I mean, they remember stories because they've heard them so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think, especially the youngest one, he's 19. I, I don't think he has any personal memories of him. And even the 21-year-old uh, may have one or two, but I think it's more just because they've heard the stories for so long. Yeah. Uh, my, my older one does. He's 27. He has a few because he, he was 10. But the rest of them don't. But they, he's been talked about. We still talk about him. Just not, not daily, but... Oh, I mean, pr- probably makes Andy uncomfortable <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but he handles it so well. Yeah. But, you know, my mom and sister passed away, oh. and it makes me feel good to talk about them. Mm. It does. I mean, yeah, it might make me sad sometimes, but I feel like by telling stories about them, of things that we did, it keeps them alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think if if all people ever heard – or all my kids, let's say, if all my kids ever heard about me were the stories, you would probably think I was Superman and Bulletproof. Oh, that's the, good. The crazy <laughs> stories that people always have. I mean, I'll, I, I remember a few years ago, I ran into a high school friend. And we hadn't been in high school in 25 years. And he starts telling you know, my kids about the story of me getting in a fight in high school. And it was me and three other people that got in a fight. And so to hear the, this other guy tell the story, though, it was so embellished. It was like I was Bruce Lee or something. <laughs> I mean, it was You just, didn't stop him, did you? you oh, absolutely not. Not, no. Because, I mean, yeah, it was like, yeah, I ran up the wall and turned the back flip and was kicking people. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, it is nowhere near the way it happened. But <laughs> it's just amazing that. You know, that's the story that this guy, you know, has about me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he's if he's telling other people that, then, again, my, the, the stories about me are greatly exaggerated, I think, <laughs> for the good, yeah. at, at least from that good. side. Now, I know some <laughs> right. people that would give you some exaggerations of the bad. <laughs> well, now, Andy's kids were a little bit older when his wife died. Uh, let's see. His oldest was 10, so they were probably 10, 7, Five and Andrew. Oh well, Andrew was a newborn because she was she had been pregnant with Andrew and she had cancer. Oh, um, so he he never knew his mom. He was they took him cesarean section and then she passed away two months later. <sighs> so he's he's never known her, but through his sisters, he's kind of learning what kind of person she was. So both of your oldest kids were ten at the time that their parents died. Yes. Oh, that's horrible. Yes. I don't know why I was thinking that they were a little bit older because I was going to ask you when they talk about their mom or if Andy starts talking about their mom to them, does Mm -hmm. that bother you? Not at all. 
Not at all. Even this past Mother's Day, I was talking to one of the girls because it's such an awkward day for them. Yeah. Just telling her, girl, I know today is hard for you. And maybe later you and your dad can just talk about your mom and just hear what kind of person she was. And you can, you know, just kind of really allowing her to, it's okay. Let's talk about her. I don't know her. I didn't know her either, but just giving her that freedom that it's okay to, to talk about your mom and for Andy to have that conversation with his girls. I encourage it. I encourage it because I think he, in the beginning, he thought maybe it would bother me. So he didn't, mm-hmm. but then he heard me <laughs> talking all about Kurt. Oh yeah. He was so great. <laughs> and sometimes he'll joke at wearing a dinner table or something. He'll say under his breath, oh, he's not that great. He wasn't that great. <laughs> Just because like, he wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it helps them to just acknowledge, you know, and, and allow them learn the things about her, carry those on, you know, carry the traits that I see, you know, anyway. So, yes, I think it does help to having lost my own um, spouse to be able to allow him to freely talk about her. Now, they did recommend, I think this was a Ron Deal thing, like have pictures, let them have pictures of them in their rooms, mm-hmm. you know, not in the living room, maybe not in the living room of Andy and her. Yeah. Not family portraits above the couch. Yeah, yeah. Right. His wedding photo of her, you know, not in the living room, but definitely let them have that space in their room to, and freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's really been no restriction on that. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's so hugely important to their character and their growth as young women to know who their mother was and know what kind of person she was. Right. We've talked about letting the stepkids have pictures of their other parent in their room, but I think, and I might be wrong on this, but well, probably not. It's got to be different because the picture you see of their mom that is no longer there, not the mom that's causing you and your husband trouble. Oh, right. I think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't see her as, uh, I don't see it as a negative as mm-hmm. far as her, her influence in our lives now. Not at all. Right. I feel so sorry for his little boy though. You know. That's horrible. Yes. Yes. I would highly recommend counseling for everybody who is in a blended family, whether they've lost a spouse or not. Everyone, <laughs> they all need help navigating through this. Actually, it was a funny story because we did get counseling before we got married, which was awful, by the way. Like they did not address anything <laughs> financial, nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they recommended, and this was actually after we got married, they recommended us all have everybody together and have this powwow where everybody's just going to say how they feel out in the open. <laughs> We heard that crap too. <laughs> oh, it was a train wreck. And one of my stepdaughters will probably never forget my, what my daughter said that day. It, it was awful. That That is not okay to do, to do that. But I didn't know. I thought I just trusted them. Oh, okay. I guess this is what we're supposed to do as a blended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's have a family meeting and let everybody get everything off their chest. <laughs> right. And. I remember thinking, no, because I know that his four kids are going to complain either about me or my kid. And I'm not going to sit there and listen to that. <laughs> exactly what yeah. I thought. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. I, I remember we went to one counselor and I said something about my oldest. I was like, you know. Four- oh, that was for your kids though, not for us. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, I had them going to counseling because I didn't know how they were struggling with the, you know, the blend and the divorce and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked something to the counselor about my oldest, Avery. He was probably nine at the time, nine or 10. And I said, you know, sometimes, you know, he'll stick his tongue out at 
at Lori or something like that. <laughs> you know, just he's, he doesn't talk back to her or anything, but just like, just, just stick his tongue out. And I was like, what, what can I do about that? Because I don't, you know, I know he's doing it because of the situation. He's not really doing it, you know, to be mean necessarily, but I want to understand what's the best way to handle that. And she, and the counselor said, just tell Lori to stick her tongue back out at him. And I was like, seriously, how much am I paying you to you for you right. to give me this terrible right. advice? Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was the end. That was the last time we saw that person. Well, I, th- I think we only went two or three times, but I was like, gosh, how terrible. Yeah, like, she had, I can't remember her name right now, but she had a crazy name. Which, thrill Kill. Thrill Kill, that's it. I okay. <clears throat> but I remember everything that she recommended. I was like, this is woman's nuts. I don't think somebody should be qualified to counsel people with blended families unless they've been in one themselves, like really been in one themselves, you know, like you can't read it in a book. Right. And not when they're 20 and 25, you're, you know, your stepkids <laughs> right. when you get married. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, that's like I've always said, and I'm sure you've heard it on the podcast that the family court system should have judges that have been in blended families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they don't get it. No. Everybody thinks they're supposed to play happy nuclear family. It does not work that way. Right. And you're supposed to love your stepkids as your own. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I chose this marriage. I picked it. I should have known what to expect. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we should have a nacho kids for the judicial system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a nacho kids course for the judge. The first attorney I had is actually a judge now. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder if I could get him to talk to me and be like, look. Some of the crap you told me, <laughs> you know, that was the unicorns and rainbows and we're dealing with donkeys yeah. and tornadoes. So <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being a guest. And I'm so sorry about yours and Andy, both, both your losses with your spouses. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. However, we would not have met each other. Mm-hmm. That not happened. So that's true. <laughs> it's still sad, though. It still touches my it heart is. because I'm like, oh. It is. Thank you. I had a friend that her husband always told her that he wouldn't live past 31 or 32 or something. And she's like, you're crazy. And sure enough, he died. Wow. You would have thought it was my husband that died. It broke my heart so bad. Um, yes. Very hard. But she's remarried mm-hmm. now and she's actually in the Nacho Kids group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we deal with what we're dealt and um, make the best out of it that we can. We do. We yeah. do. I mean, to some degree, you know, every family that's in the Nacho Academy or the Nacho Facebook group, all, all of them, to some degree, we're all broken and hurting because we've mm-hmm. we've encountered and went through something that we weren't planning for. I, I didn't get married and go, you know what? In year 12, I'm ditching this thing, mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and, you know, and I want to, I want to understand what infidelity feels like multiple times, mm. yeah. you know, no, I didn't sign up for any of that. Mm. Well, you know, blended families are formed out of loss, whether it's one loss or another. Right. And we have to remember that it's, you know, like we think, okay, well, I'm over this past relationship and I'm ready to move on and I'm ready to rebuild my life. But the kids are like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for me, and I, and I talk about this often is that I, I felt like that I was kind of plucking my ex out of my life and putting Lori in, mm-hmm. but I was putting her into every role that my ex had. Except for the cheating mm-hmm. role. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, um, good. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted her, I wanted her to be wife and I wanted her to be mom and I wanted her to do all these things. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted mm-hmm. the other person to be completely wiped from the face of my memory. <laughs> kind of like how my ex feels about me. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that wasn't fair to Lori because she's trying to take on a role that's not vacant. Mm-hmm. And, and even if the person's not there, the role's not vacant. Right. Wow. Good point. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, you know, I'm going, I want you to treat them like your own kids, you know, in other words, be their mom, but they have a mom, you know, whether I like her or not, doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they have a mom and she's Mm -hmm. active in their life and all this other stuff. And you just can't do that. And it just, it doesn't work. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, the caveat is that for some people it will work, but for most, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it just does not work that way. And it also puts a lot of undue stress on somebody to to fill a role and to meet expectations that are unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like Carrie said, we come in and we're like, oh, I got this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. can mm-hmm. raise your five kids and I can <laughs> cook like I'm cooking for an arm. Well, goodness gracious, mm-hmm. she had eight. I mean, yeah. oh, girl, I know you felt like Plus you were. Plus me and Andy. Yeah, yeah an assembly line cooking food because that's what for I sure. felt like. <laughs> what do you mean? Now you milk and cereal. How do you oh, feel please. Like? <laughs> and... So, you know, so you come in and you're like, yes, I can do this. And then you get burnt out and you get tired and you get resentful mm-hmm. and you're looking at your husband like, hello, your kids, mm-hmm. help me out. Yeah. As Lori would say, I just look back at my life before y'all. It was just me and my son and it was quiet and it was easy. <laughs> and peaceful. <laughs> and yeah. Just nothing. Why Why did I do this? I moved into yeah. the zoo. Yeah. Yes. And I look at her, Carrie, and I say, I tried to tell you. I tried to warn you. I, oh, I didn't just try to. I warned you. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did. I said, are you absolutely sure? Because this is a madhouse. <laughs> <laughs> no, you created the madhouse. Come on, boys. Let's jump on the furniture. That's why they put springs in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, no. you know, I think it's pretty neat of what you just said was of how you would not have known that had you not gone through it yourself. And so now what we've all gone through, we can, you're doing the podcast, you're telling people ahead of time, like, Hey, watch out for this. You would not have known to do that had you not been through that yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing is you're taking your experiences and and helping other people before they make those same mistakes. Yeah. Learn learn from my mistakes. Yeah. We don't (laughs) want other people to feel the pain that we felt because. Right. Me too. Even as much as we've grown and how much it strengthened us, that hurt's still there. Mm -hmm. There's mm-hmm. still sometimes David will bring up stuff even during a podcast, and I'm like, mm, don't want to talk about that, <laughs> you know, because it just it resurfaces those those feelings, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I call it post traumatic mm-hmm. stepmom disorder, and it's real, it it's is. real, it really is. Mm-hmm. So anybody such as yourself that takes the time to share their story with us and with others, we are very appreciative because we know it's not easy putting your truth out there. And we know that what you've been through is not easy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there's somebody who's listening that mm. you absolutely resonated with and it's going to help them a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you all for, for talking with me. I appreciate it. And thank you for all that you guys do. Well, thank you. We appreciate you appreciating us. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we end, I want to ask you with your situation, if you met a lady that, she was a widower. Is it widower? The man's widower, widow, whatever. <laughs> yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the same situation. You have a friend that is getting ready to get into a blended situation that their significant other's wife had passed and all that. Same situation. What would you tell that person? 
Um, I think I would say take a step back and maybe think about what the reality of the situation is rather than maybe what you want it to be. Because I think as moms, we just want to come in and rescue mm-hmm. and you can't in a situation like this, especially when the, the mom is not there. Like, oh, but I'll come in and I can, you know, we kind of have this fantasy of what we think it can be and what I can do and I can do all these things and I can help them. Right. That that's not reality. That's not reality. So take a step back, see if that's what you're thinking. See if that's something that you have in your mind that you think you can do (laughs) because that's that chances are they're not going to receive that well. Right. Um, And to, to maybe put some boundaries up ahead of time. So that's what, that's kind of what I would say is just your motive. Like think about what's your motive in marrying this person or coming into these children's lives as a, you know, if you don't have your own children, I think that's harder because you don't have your own kids to go to for that reassurance and that unconditional love with your own kids. Right. And then you feel like a complete outsider because Oh, yes. So hard. Mm-hmm. So hard. I'm so grateful that I have my own children to go to. Yes. Because um, that that would be very difficult. Um, so I think that's what I would say. Like, what's think about what reality is and just to know that ahead of time that they may not receive it well. And it's not you. Right. It's not about you, girl. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> so we started the end with it's not about you. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, there's so many more things I would say to her, but that's where I would start. You'd probably be like, honey, sit down. We got a yeah, lot to Yeah, come on. How much time you got? Yep. We've got to talk about all the things. <laughs> Let's just go to the beach for a week and I can tell you yep. half of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you again. And we really appreciate it. And give your husband our best. I will do that. And let us know how things go. Okay, I will. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. We've always said, even if the bio parent or the other bio parent is deceased, that doesn't mean that they're gone or out of the picture and that you won't have step-parent issues. Right. Yeah, you still have to deal with a biological parent that you have no ability to communicate with. Or compete with. Exactly. Like, you know, they're probably already on a pedestal and they will never come off the pedestal because they can't mess up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Oh, yeah. It's got to be tough. And then you're dealing with the kids and, I mean, that's a huge loss. Mm -hmm. Well, the other thing, too, is the even the spouse thing. It's not like there's a bad blood divorce, you know, so you're still dealing with certain things like, you know, maybe the the spouse wants to still recognize the mother's birthday or even the day she passed or he passed and, and stuff like that, because you're doing that probably for the benefit of the kids. Well, I think that's a benefit that Carrie and Andy have since they've both been through that situation. Oh, yeah. They can understand it. And unless you've been there, you can't. Right. Yeah. It's not like they they had that ability like we had where there's closure to a to a relationship in the past. Right. I think it's really good that Carrie tries to help the kids remember like their mom on Mother's Day and things like that by at least talking to them about it. Mm -hmm. Because they're not gone, y'all. They can have more of a presence than a live person can, really. Yeah. Does that sound horrible? No. I mean, it's true. I think some people feel like, or even if they're talking to somebody else where that's happened to them, they feel like, Oh, well, this should be easy because you don't have the high conflict bio mom to deal with. It's not easy. No, because you've got kids that are missing their mom. It comes with a completely different set of challenges and issues to deal with. Right. 
Sorry. All right, David, wrap us up because I'll get sad talking about it. All righty. Thanks again for listening and join us again next week for another exciting episode. And we will also announce the winner of the Barbados stay. So catch that. Yes. So until next time, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.